Hey, hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome! And welcome. Welcome! Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I'm Dryer Toilet, joined today by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. And my wife, Liz. Hey. And today we are watching a movie that I almost had to default back to if uh, the Nosferatu one didn't work last week. Um, Dracula! It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, um... It's one that I almost wanted to do in its place. Um, I, I was I was struggling. I'm like, should I do like the the new thing that I really want to show people, or should I do like the thing that I should do? I want the thing that I should do, and thankfully that worked out, and everybody didn't just hate it. Um, so yeah, the movie that we are doing today is Dear Evan Hansen. Ooh. Oh yeah. So I'm excited to see uh, how you guys end up feeling about it. Um. I know how I feel about it. I have mostly an idea of how Liz feels about it, I think. Yeah, I feel things. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but apparently critics do not. This is according to what Dry has told us. Um, no, critics didn't love this movie. A lot of audiences didn't love this movie either. And, well, actually, that's not entirely true. Audiences, in fact, did like it for the most part. Um, YouTube critics. Oh, really okay. hated it. I mean, Dang. YouTube critics don't like anything. Man, so. a lot of white males didn't like it then. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Um, yeah, I, uh, we'll talk about that a lot during this probably. Um, but yeah, before we get to talking about this film, uh, I'm just going to ask Robbie. Yo. How's things doing? How are they going? So this week has been weird. Like, you know in those weeks where everything feels like it's dragging on and like it, everything's taking forever and like feels like things should be going by faster and then you look down at or look at the calendar and like, oh, it's Friday. I I had that exact same feeling this week when yeah. it was um Wednesday. I thought it was Friday for like two hours of my day and I got real sad. Yeah, because I think it actually was on our yesterday that I had that feeling of just like, man, like I haven't done anything this week. And then I look back and it's like, oh, yeah, like. Because I couldn't find the screws to my old TV stand, I actually bought a new TV stand when I got paid and then Oof. put that together and actually had two, well, I, yeah, I had two machines fail on me for t- different reasons. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I got to see what it looks like whenever a high pressure coolant line uh, basically blows up in a machine. Uh. Does it look like a high pressure coolant line blowing up in a machine? Yeah. I don't even. I, Is it, like, it looks like a lot, like, you know, oil? like those horror movies where ever, like, uh, like an Evil Dead, and he's like trying to close a door, and there's a bunch of blood spraying yeah. on the other side of it. It's like that, but with cutting oil. Ooh. Uh, so you're just in the break room, like trying to make sure that the oil doesn't go on <laughs> all the donuts that they brought that day. And the vending machine started laughing at you and spraying Skittles at you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then I had <laughs> Evil Dead about what? It's fucking yeah, wild. it's fucking weird. And then eventually, I got too stressed out, and I cut my hand off. It was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I get Evil it. Dead about. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, like, uh, so they had me working the gun drill, and I was, like, showing another guy how to run the Tsugami lathe, so that way he can make, like, the profiles and everything, because he mm. normally works on the haws, which, like, does a arm, works on the tips of them and everything, uh, but he asked me, like, how to reset a counter on there, because it, um, it's one of those machines that, like, just automatically pumps out parts, and it stops once every 10 parts, so you can measure it and make sure that's still doing what it's supposed to be doing, and he's asking me, like, how to reset the counter and how to check all of that, and so, like, not thinking about it, I just hit the, bu- or hit the start button on the um 
on the gun drill. And I was going and I was showing him what to do and everything. And he looks behind me and I hear him go, oh, shit. And I turn around and look and she's oil spraying everywhere. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to go and hit the e-stop on that and then had to clean up a bunch of cutting oil off the floor because those things have a 200-gallon tank. How do you clean up oil? Soap, carefully. Yeah, and with soap. <laughs> just Dawn, just a bottle of Dawn. So, we, <laughs> yeah, those soaps are very notorious for being able to clean oil. Yeah, yeah. those ducks are clean. Yeah. <laughs> all one that they cleaned. <laughs> just for the picture on the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. All oil spills are from Dawn so they can sell more soap. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody who's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's just oh. like a sniper in a building ready to shoot a boat that's like crossing. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, um, that's literally what it was. Is like I had these like soap and like we had these things called pig mats, which basically just help like absorb oil off the ground and stuff like that. Sure. They're not meant to clean up a spill quite that big, but. A few dozen of them that'll do the trick, I assume? A few dozen of them is, like, all we had, and we used all of them trying to clean it up, and then I had to mop the rest of it up. Sweet. Yeah. There's that, and so we technically have two gun drills, and they just got the other one up and running because, like, uh, that one had an electrical problem, and they actually had to, like, special order parts from England in order to actually get it up Did and running again. Did they tell you about that prior to the explosion? Of the other one? The one that has electrical problem, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, that one, they got up and they're they basically told me at the beginning of the week, like, oh, yeah, that one's up and running again, so you can go ahead and run both of them at the same time. And then the, yeah, the one that <laughs> we were running, know. <laughs> the one that we were running blew up. And then this one, um, I got to see what happens whenever um, a drill tip breaks on those, because they're, like, very long drills that are thin, but they just have, like, all these different center rests that are holding it. And uh, the tip broke on it, and so it wasn't cutting, it was just, like, smashing into the back of a nail. And I didn't realize until it already bent all the crap, and uh, actually, I realized what was happening whenever um coolant started spraying out of the back of that one but it was because the drill broke so what you're telling me robbie is your machine shop is literally falling apart at the seams kind of sounds like like a yeah i took a picture of the shop bent and broken drill robbie's showing me a picture right now and that looks like a coat hanger (laughs) i don't think it's supposed to look like that no no it's not okay then but yeah like Yep, that is definitely a sine wave. Yep. <laughs> a what? Sine, sine wave. wave. You know, like a mu- what, music, music thing? Like no, math? it's math. What? I don't know math. Anyway, it's like when you <laughs> see audio on a picture. Okay, kind of, okay. yeah. Like a, just a line going up and down, basically. <laughs> I, got, I got the math part more than... <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I say math because like, that's usually where you learn sine waves and stuff is like algebra 2 or something they'll be like hey this is a sine wave and signs are used to calculate triangles and angles and shadows you know listen i know a triangle when i see one don't try to use your science on me to tell me what a triangle <laughs> no, is no it's math it's math same thing <laughs> no science is language. math <laughs> math is the language of science so, wait so math is science or no, no science is math no neither i don't know neither is correct math is math <laughs> math is math is but math is used to explain science listen all i know is i know a triangle when i see it <laughs> which color show you the cylinder <laughs> what cylinder yeah of what that's a shape that's not a triangle <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad at the shape. You genuinely sounded like you didn't know what a cylinder was for a second. Just, it's not a triangle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because he's saying he knows a triangle when he, he sees yeah. one. I was like, until I show you a cylinder. <laughs> but he said it's not a triangle, so you pass for now. Right. 
you know, the more stories I hear, the more I'm like, how do things actually get made in any mach- in any like factory? So with that one, I told this to my boss on multiple occasions. I told this them this whenever a lathe caught on fire at our or at my place of work, is that if you don't maintenance a machine, it'll find time to maintenance for you, and that's pretty much what it happened <laughs> with Good. both whenever that fire happened and with this one with the high pressure line being broken. You gotta speak their language. You gotta be like, it's cheaper to keep up a machine than to replace the entire machine yeah. again. And well, the thing about it is, like, those machines are made in like either the early '90s or the late '80s, so like they don't make parts for it anymore. There's like a specialty shop in England that can make parts for it, and that's about it. Good old England. Yep. Yeah. So uh, next week, Robbie's going to England to get a part specifically, and it's going to yeah. be a wacky hijinks all around. It's going to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's going to be me having to fight Nazis to bring back a $6 part to America. <laughs> what is That's... Indiana Jones about? <laughs> Nazis, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, it sounds like uh, your work's on fire. <laughs> Again, <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, e, how's things going? Hi. Uh, been doing... <laughs> Yeah, I waved and Liz waved back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Yep. Um, I I've been doing stuff. I finally got off my ass and made the intro animation to D and E Doodles, the channel I run with my with uh, D. Yeah. Who's on this podcast every now and then. Um, I finally got off my ass. I took three hours out of my life to do it. <laughs> In my defense, they recently added uh, tools to the drawing program I use that makes it like insanely easier to do this stuff because like now i can be like all right here's where you should start and here's where i need you to end and just do the rest for me and it can now which is really useful yeah that's way better (laughs) yeah because uh in fact if i could have used that for uh press start the animated music video i did for d uh it probably would have taken probably three less months (laughs) oh yeah because i had a difference I had to like hand hand animate a lot of that stuff, and I had to be like, if it was too like choppy, I had to go in and add more frames and figure out how to do that. And it's just so much nicer now. Huh. Um, it means the other animation thing I'm gonna do that I have planned for this year is going to also probably take significantly less time. But uh, I also got back to work on my game, and I'm having fun with that. Good. Good. Uh, it can now rain in the game, which is pretty neat. Did it not rain before? I didn't know. What? Does the rain make it slippery? No, the rain kills you. Oh. Uh, your character's made of candy. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you know, I thought it would be a fun thing because I bet players are going to forget that fact, too. It's and like acid like, rain. Yeah. They'll be like, why is it? Why am I why does rain hurt? damage? <laughs> I like that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I've just been doing that stuff and, uh, glad to be back on my game because I need to finish it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Liz, how have you been? Uh, tired. Yeah. I've been tired all week. Yeah. I'm tired right now. I see it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, because work was awful. Good old corporate America was awful. And then I started a second job. You did. And it's fun. Actually, but it's just very tiring. Um, Is it less corporate America? Oh, it's 100% not corporate America. Good. It's a, um, a delivery driver for alcohol. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So she deals with corporate America all day and then goes to 
help people deal with corporate America all day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the problem, and then I help people solve the problem. <laughs> solve the problem. That's the Just most corporate the America thing I've ever heard. You're creating the problem. You're well, creating, yeah, creating the a problem, problem and, and then creating it. a solution with it. Well, it wasn't my choice to work for corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then... I yeah, I've just been sleepy and tired and mm-hmm. yeah. and as someone stuff. who's a cog for cor- corporate America, I I agree with you. Yeah, but it's chill. It's fun times. It's different. I'm off my ass. I don't like sitting all day at my corporate America job, so I do hate that. I really do. But, you know, such is life. You should just like no. install a treadmill into this room so you can just be running no joke, I just saw a video on that, actually, of, like, somebody who has ADHD installed a little, like, foot treadmill and, like, a standing desk for their thing. So, like, they get up in the morning, they go to their treadmill, and it's, like, a slow walk. It's not like they're running all day. Yeah. It's, like, a slow walk. But, like, it's enough to keep their brain going enough so where they they can just concentrate on work. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Our old, honestly. <laughs> our old vice president had, well, it was, like, a treadmill desk. So all he would do was walk all day. Yeah. And just be but i don't know that sounds nice until like i think about it a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> just the chafing day three on that you just be like i just need a real desk i don't know i can sit and stand on mine it's, you can it's true you can literally just sit and stand though we so. just need like a little baby treadmill yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or a ball a ball or, a bicycle like, one of those things you bounce on a yoga That's a ball, ball. Yeah, a ball. Yeah, yoga ball. Well, you judge the ball well, when I'm I said da- ball. I'm still questioning the ball. I just think it's weird to have a ball. Why? <laughs> Many, there's been documented places that are like, yeah, let's just put some yoga balls around. Why? To just keep like, people moving. ADHD thing. That too. I mean, yeah, talking too. about ADHD, when you said a ball, I was thinking like a bouncy ball, and I was thinking that would be destructive in this room. <laughs> just like bouncing <laughs> it all over. Yeah, just bouncing it. I'm bou- su- or bouncing a bouncy ball around a place with a lot of sensitive electronics. Surprised your eye doesn't. I would if there weren't electronics. I love bouncy balls. I have a work bouncy ball. It's ridiculous. It's for work purposes. His boss gave it to me. It's for work purposes. It's work purposes, so that way whenever (laughs) customers come up and start complaining to him, he can throw it at them. Well, no, one did complain that I was using it once. Did you hit him with it? No, I walked away and I was like, stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, speaking of your work ball, how was your week? Oh, great. My company came to a conclusion on uh, the whole strike thing. Every employee gets a work ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they also have to work 70-hour work weeks now, so yeah. pretty fair trade. Uh, no, it's actually a pretty great contract, all things considered, I would say. Um, it's basically the best deal that people have said they've seen in a very long time. So that's good. Yeah, corporate America. How about that, guys? Yeah. Yeah, we're all pawns. Uh, anyway. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this movie, huh? Um, okay. Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Originally a stage play. Um, Adapted to 4 by 3 TVs. Uh, <laughs> no, it was actually filmed on very expensive cameras. It was filmed in 8K, mastered in 4K. So they um, shot it on red? So, yeah, in 20 years we can watch it in the normal. <laughs> well, so the thing is, also though, uh, it bombed in theaters. And then because of that, they didn't expect it to do well on home release sales. So they just canceled the 4K. Nice. So, so you'll have to be a pleb in Blu-ray. Like in twenty years, when people are like, "I this was a thing. Let's remaster it." Then that it'll be a thing, hopefully. 
and I can finally watch it and uh, see all the things that you shouldn't be able to see. Yeah, you'll see every individual zit on Mr. Evan Hansen himself. No, not zit, but we'll talk about that after the movie, maybe. Um, <laughs> There's a thing that happens, I'm guessing. It's just maybe this is a movie that you don't need to see in 8K or 4K, and seeing it in 2K, that would actually 1K. probably maybe make this movie look pretty bad for a lot of it. Okay. Uh, so we're actually going to watch on a CRT today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're watching it actually on a penguin. I've just hooked a potato up to a penguin, and then I just put the CD on the potato. We got close, though. Again, I don't know how math works. Um, <laughs> I'm just That's like, science. I'm just meant. <laughs> I just like mentally try to figure out if you're talking about an actual penguin or if that's some like technology like I'm not aware of. Yeah, like no, a TV no. that are shaped like a penguin or No, just like a literal penguin, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna see what was gonna happen. Uh it's pretty hard to get a penguin this time of the year. Why it's winter. Yeah, here. <laughs> With no snow. <laughs> um Yeah, so I have some basic info on Dear Evan Hansen here. That I should probably say. Came out in 2021. It is two hours and 17 minutes long. Uh, I will give a warning here. Because it is also in the rating. Uh, This movie deals with suicide extremely heavily. That is like the thing that this movie is about. Uh, PG-13 for thematic material involving suicide. Brief strong language and some suggested references. So there's going to be a lot of talk about suicide. uh, In the story and just probably just discussions about the subject matter in general for this. So um, if that's something you don't feel like you can handle, totally understand if you skip this one. I won't be hurt by that. Um, if not, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, Dear Evan Hansen, how much uh, me and Liz have seen it. Liz knew quite a bit about it before I did even, um, which tends to be the case with most musical things. Um, I like Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with Robbie. How much do you really know about Dear Evan Hansen? Uh, I mostly know what they've shown in the previews for it, because I remember whenever they were you know, doing previews and everything of when this movie came out in theaters, and I did want to watch it. I just happened to work very odd hours and can't go to the movie theater very often. Very difficult to get to, to a movie theater. Yeah. Well, you uh, just got to hit those 2.30 a.m. shows. God, I fucking <laughs> wish they had that. <laughs> That'd be cool, actually. <laughs> also, that's when you're working. I don't know why that would No, work. I get off at 2.30. <laughs> oh, there we go! <laughs> Just in time for the previews to be done. Yeah. yeah. I can, like, walk in covered in cutting oil and being like, oh, boy, a movie! Actually, we got... I, there, I have an issue with theaters right now. Like, they, they have the whole, like, hey, come 20 minutes early, or uh, they're 20 minutes later or whatever, and that's when the previews will be done. But, like, it takes, like, 45 minutes to get to the movie now. It's ridiculous. It's, it's awful. I hate it. It took, I, like, five last time i went to a theater where were you love it vegas no no theater? like he means like it's 45 minutes of previews now oh and then like trailers and then like all the whole thing like the commercials beforehand yeah just show up 20 minutes late i don't want to <laughs> it feels bad <laughs> i mean I, I i did it once accidentally and we were still in time for the previews it was awful anyway continue Robbie. <laughs> um i do know that this movie like i feel like i'm gonna be ruining something about it but i do know that it has to deal if you think it's going to spoil something, then don't spoil yeah. it. Well, I know it has to deal with a, a high school student dealing with the suicide of a, another high school student. Okay. Yeah, and uh, dealing with the aftermath of it. Yeah, that's the story. Okay. That's just the basic outline of it, yeah. Without spoiling too much about it, but yeah, yeah. I think it's like, yeah, the repercussions of what happens afterwards. Okay, okay. Uh, e, do you know anything about it? 
I've seen the trailers. Um, I feel like the trailers told me a lot more than I needed to know about it. Yeah, I think, honestly, the story in this isn't the most important part. The story is fairly basic, but mm. it's the, the characters and the yeah. conversations that really matter in this one. Yeah, sure. Um, So, I don't know, the trailers are like, hey, this guy's like, has to write letters, and then uh, the other guy's like, oh, man, I'm taking your letter. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> that guy... <laughs> we got it! <laughs> and that guy... Uh, commit suicide and the letter's the last thing they found on them so everyone thought they like really knew Evan Hansen a lot even though Evan Hansen wrote a letter to himself okay and uh I feel like it spoiled way more than I needed again um, and then it's just uh my brain thing but like mentally the song they used in all the trailers which I think was Dear Evan Hansen, uh, that mixes with a Dear Future Husband in my head, and I can't separate those two songs now. So I will say there's not a song called Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> whatever they had in the trailer. If I had then. to guess what the name of that song was that they used in the trailer, it probably is called "You Will Be Found." That's it. There okay. we go. You will be found. That yeah. song is mixed in my head. Then okay, <laughs> yeah, well, that song's <laughs> mixed in with Dear Husband. Yeah, dear I don't future even know husband. what dear future husband is. It's it's um it's the person who made all about that bass. Yeah, uh, Megan Trainer. What? That's weird. Yeah, Megan Trainer wrote a song called "Dear Future Husband," which huh. apparently was to the kid from Spy Kids because that's who she's married to. Huh. Oh, which weird. kid? Didn't know that part. I think hmm? she got married and had a kid, but like the yeah. redhead, I assume. The little redhead, fuzzy head guy. Yeah, the one with like kind of the curly hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he had red hair. No, no. It was no. it was kind of like an auburn, like a brown. Yeah. I always just thought Auburn. he was like a redhead. <laughs> Little ginger kid. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen Spy Kids. It's no, been not he, long since I've seen some of Spy Kids too, actually. Yeah, yeah, we were watching it. Well, whenever you're watching it, he does have brown hair, but whenever the light hits it, it has kind of a red hue to it. That's what I'm saying. It's like an auburn color. But... I don't know. I would say it might just be the lighting in that movie because I would say and, that movie's yeah, kind of orange. Just that yeah. movie in general. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Have you guys seen The Perks of Being a Wallflower? No, I heard that was a pretty good one, though, too. Oh. And I should have suggested that one. I want to give E the book first, but I'd be interested in watching the, that movie. The book is much better. You should read the book it, first. It'll le- okay. it'll be a long time before I read the book, and then a couple it's days like when I read the book. This, <laughs> yeah, I just like mentally have to prepare to read a book. And I think it I would don't. take you E five maybe minutes. an hour. Five minutes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's very short. Nice. <laughs> it's very short. That's anyway, gonna say. Feel sorry. free to cut this out if you want to. Is it about as long as your book? It's longer, but longer, not but... by a lot, really, okay. honestly. <laughs> yeah, because I read your book in one night. But no, you, you, I think that my <laughs> I say book one is night, but written, I think... my book is written so poorly that that is a much easier book to read still. <laughs> 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 I say I read it one night, but in reality, I read it in like 30 minutes. But Yeah, it's, <laughs> mine, mine's really pamphlet. I read it faster than dry expected, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bring it up because the director, I guess, made the perks of being a wallflower. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, the movie specifically, yeah. yeah. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for Beauty and the Beast. Which one? The live action. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. But yeah. Um, Bye. Oh, it's just weird that he's like a director <laughs> and then also just wrote a screenplay for Disney once. Randomly. Why is that? Weird? I don't know. It's just weird, man. <laughs> Hollywood's weird. It just freaks me out. Okay. Yeah, Hollywood know, is like... weird, but like I think people look at Disney and they think of it as like its own little bubble. Like they have their own writers and their own directors and their own actors and everything. Yeah. And so like. They're like their own little bubble and they do their own little thing with the 
certain set of actors, and then there's the rest of Hollywood. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it, honestly. So, okay, you seem to have an understanding of the story. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about this, but I honestly like I heard about this movie and thought it had a very important subject matter to talk about. So, it does. We're gonna see how it ends up being. How you guys? Uh, yeah, how we feel about it, it afterwards. But. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, I guess the only thing left is to read the back of the box. Liz uh, on that. You want to hand me that back of the box, Liz? Thank you. Unless you want to read it? You want to read the back of the box, Liz? You have it. You want, you want to read the back of the box? You have it already. Okay. Read the back of the box? <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see, Liz is glaring at Dryer right now. <laughs> glaring. I have not read this, so I don't know how much it gives away. Um. <clears throat> Act one. <laughs> <laughs> The breathtaking Broadway phenomenon becomes a soaring cinematic event as Tony, Grammy, and Emmy Award winner Ben Platt reprises his role as an anxious, isolated high schooler, aching for understanding and belonging amid the chaos and cruelty of social media age. Directed by acclaimed filmmaker Stephen Shposky? C-H-B-O-S-K-Y. Shposky? Shposky. Shlotsky. Dear Evan Hansen features music and lyrics by the Oscar, Grammy, and Tony-winning songwriting team of Benji Pasek and Justin Paul, who did La La Land and The Greatest Showman, including two brand new songs and the iconic anthem, You Will Be Found, which was featured yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. Dear, dear Future Hansen. Mbappa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I say uh, let's uh, get into this. Let's go watch it. Okay. okay. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back from watching Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I guess, uh, quick thoughts, uh, E. I like a lot of the elements of this, but I hesitate to really say I like this as a whole movie, quite frankly. Okay. Um, some of that just might be personal uh, kind of experiences and stuff, which since this is a movie that deals with very heavy topics, obviously it is going to be intrinsically... Uh, intertwined with personal uh, bias so that could be a lot of it I think cinematography wise and stuff it's very it's pretty fun and like a nice musical um none of the songs really grabbed me on this one personally okay. but like many musicals maybe I just need to sit down and hear it a couple times okay um but not spoiler wise that's kind of what I would say like there are a lot of elements I like but certain things most likely from personal biases held it back to me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Robbie. I liked it. All right. Um, it's one thing that I've said in past uh, podcasts of like most musicals, they're very bombastic and very out there with that. This one felt very down to earth. And like, a lot of the messages that I was trying to say, it didn't always like hit the nail on the head per se, but all in all, I think like it felt like they had their, or their, Oh, it's a word I'm looking for. That's Their heart hard. was in the right place, like a lot of what they were doing with this, and I feel like it had a very important message they were trying to say, and in a lot of ways, they did very well with it, too. Uh, all in all, I think it's a very well-done movie. Okay. Liz? Um, I like it. I never saw the musical, so I don't really know like the differences between them. I've listened to the original Broadway I don't even know how many times. <laughs> At least twice. At least. 
but um for movies that you know come from broadway over to movies it, they all feel very broadway and i think that this one doesn't it feels more like a movie um it some of the songs feel weird but um because it is broadway but i still like it okay uh yeah i have also never seen the broadway show <laughs> um i like this a lot i was a little baby basically the whole time when we were in theaters watching it uh it really hit hard for me He's like basically Wah. yeah yeah pretty much and i will say well i was gonna say that uh i didn't want to say for like spoiler reasons either but like a lot of it felt very personal to me too of like just the feeling of the movie too with yeah it, but i feel when we get more into spoilery territory we can talk more about that yeah um I I like this a lot. I like a lot of the songs in this actually. There's three that I listen to fairly often actually. Um that are just really good songs in Is general. One Dear Evan Hansen. That's not the name of the song. But actually I don't <laughs> listen to that one because I uh don't like the little things that they have in between of like saying how many views that the video is yeah. getting. Yeah. So, that kind um, of that kind of threw me out for that one it's too. Super corny. So I really don't like that part. But yeah, um, I like it up until that part. <laughs> if there's anything that I actually have to complain about, it's probably that scene in particular. Yeah. Um, no, uh, through the window, which is the very first song, open the open the movie with that. Um, what is it called? Um, words fail. Uh, just kills me every single time I hear it. It's just oof, right to the heart, and uh. The other one is the love song between the two people. Oh, that was definitely my least favorite song. Well, that's of course, that was going to be yours. Everybody saw that coming. I thought yeah. I thought you were going to walk out of the room when that song came on. I was very attentively looking at a lamp during that song. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the three that I, I listen to quite a bit. Actually, I like them a lot. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think it's quite good. Actually, there are definitely some problems that I have with it. And that's kind of some stuff I'm going to be asking you guys, because like stuff that like even since seeing it in theaters, I don't think I've solidified my opinions on some of it still. Um, and I ask Liz about a bunch of the stuff all the time too. <laughs> she says, "Stop asking me so many questions." That's exactly what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Write them down on a comment card. Submit them to the box downstairs. <laughs> that box is very full. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of comment cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone should check those. <laughs> um, no, like even like I think it was literally even last week I asked her like what she thought about like what one of these characters is like, and it's a question I'm going to be asking you guys here too because I am curious about how you guys view it because I have I think I don't know if I have if I'm in the uh, minority or not in thinking about how this character is in the movie. Um, one thing that I do know reading up is that the tone between the Broadway play and this are very different. Mm. Um, there are a lot more fun numbers and a lot more numbers kind of going into the parents, actually, uh, very specifically. There's a lot more story based around all the parents and how they're feeling about everything and uh, their shortcomings and misgivings and things like that. And I assume the Broadway play is probably about an hour longer. I don't know, actually. I would assume it's quite a bit longer, though, because there's a lot of songs they actually cut out of the movie. Um, so this is one of those rare cases to where like the Broadway play was so long that they had to cut out quite a bit uh, to make it movie length. 
I think they cut out four or five songs from the Broadway play, but they also made two new songs for the movie. Okay. Are the new songs the reprises? No. Okay. Um, is one the "We Got So Many Hits on YouTube"? Look at us song. No, that's that's and that's the song for the Broadway. Oh. That's what they used to advertise it. No, the two are uh, anonymous ones, and uh, the one at the end with uh, the guitar and the plane. Oh, I don't want to say what mm. it is because yeah. spoilers. But yeah, those are the two that they made for the movie. Mm. Um, which seems weird because I think. As much as like I don't I don't listen to anonymous ones or anything like that. Um, in the movie, it does hit really close to home and it is kind of uh, very emotional actually. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually really did like the anonymous ones. Yeah, and one thing that I've been re- reading up on the character that sings that in this, everybody seems to agree. Even people who hate the movie and love the play or hate both, uh, seem to agree that like they're very happy that she got a song and they went more into her character because they really don't in the play. I guess they go into other characters more. So that's actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's very good. Uh, I might be in the minori- minority on that one. I said <laughs> I liked most it. Part. No, no, like in general, not just in this oh. room. Um, at wow, least from... being in the minority about an opinion of a very popular Mito, whoa. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the internet and a lot of or the most vocal parts of the internet, I should say, are extremely negative on this movie. Um... And to be honest, whenever he said YouTube commentators not really liking this movie, the first thing I thought was, oh, big surprise, because that's kind of what YouTube com- our commentators do is they hate on things more often than not. Yeah, I think you're right about that, honestly. Um, Positivity doesn't get views. Nope. Very rarely. Very rarely. Unless it's a documentary. That's like an hour and 59 minutes long. I don't know why. Hour, I don't know. Because <laughs> two hours is too long. Too long for something. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I want to go in like chronological order when talking about this movie. I think I want to talk more about like the essence of the movie and the things that kind yeah. of. Yeah, and honestly, that's I think what I like about the movie is kind of the essence of it, and like just little moments is what makes this movie for me. Yeah, um, Ben Platt uh, plays Dear Evan Hansen, not Dear Evan Hansen, Evan Hansen. He yeah. plays all of the movie. <laughs> he plays Evan Hansen in this, and he played in the Broadway play for a long time. I think it was like yeah. six years or something like that. Was, I think I remember know? hearing about that. It was like. Yeah, six or ten years that he actually played it in Broadway before they made it a movie. Um, yeah, and then he, he eventually stepped down and somebody else took over. And as Because he's getting happens. older. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I think I kind of agree with in some ways about people's criticism on this one. Um, is that he's too old to play this role. <laughs> he, and he looks too old to play this role. Yeah, um, I guess that's one thing you're talking about, how this was shot in 8K. And even in the 1080p version that we watched, you can still see he had 5 o'clock shadow in a lot of the shots. And he was wearing a prosthetic on his upper lip to make him look younger as well. Like chubbier face, like more baby face. So is that why his bottom lip looks 10 times bigger than his top lip? Uh, his top lip is actually much larger. And it's like rounded off. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, like in comparison, like it looked like he had a fat bottom lip and almost no top lip. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the reason why he's wearing a okay. prosthetic to make him look younger. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You can cut this. I don't know if you want to keep it. Uh, I he just looked like Rocky to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I don't they know. Why. Look like, he looks like Rocky like... to me. No. I mean, since we're cutting this out, I'll say I never said I was cutting anything out. <laughs> since, we're cutting since we're cutting all of this out, <laughs> we're cutting all this out until we hear it on the light or hear it whenever you listen back to it. Yeah, you're gonna be shocked when you say a bunch of personal stuff right no, now. I, I was just gonna say my mom was convinced for the longest time that um, 
the guy who played Will and Will and Grace was Rocky's real dad. Because she said those <laughs> two look, yeah, she says that those two looked like exactly like each other. I super disagree with that. Has she never seen Rocky's dad? No, she never has. Well, that's <laughs> Rocky's dad looks exactly like Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But... If Rocky listens to this episode, uh, feel free to give me uh, a call and tell me I'm wrong. Also, Ben Platt's white, Rocky's white. It's hard to tell a difference. <laughs> but I mean, no offense to Ben Platt, but Rocky's way more handsome than Ben Platt. I, that's very true. I would agree yeah. with that. I mean, he also doesn't have a lot of mass to him anyways. He kind of, I feel almost like maybe he lost weight for this role because he's very, very skinny in this he, movie. He did lose a lot of weight and he grew his hair out quite a bit in order to try and fit the, the right. role a little better. Try to make himself seem a bit younger. They should have just grabbed Rocky. Wow. <laughs> I'm offended for Rocky. What's wrong with, what's wrong with me thinking it looks like Rocky? Just... Like, is this not like... <laughs> This is how we eventually get Rocky back in the podcast to have him like just sit there like you motherfuckers. <laughs> we redo Do you have an Hanson? <laughs> you can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, in defense to the whole old part, Ben Platt did try to um get this Broadway show as a movie for the longest time. Yeah, super long. Uh, um yeah. Yeah, since nineteen seventy four. It pretty much. He always wanted to. Nobody wanted to get into it. Um, he pushed and pushed and pushed. He finally got it, which is why he is so old yeah. <laughs> in it. Which I say, but... we keep on saying that he's too old for this too, but he's younger than most of the people in this room. Yes, he still is younger. But yeah. Also, <laughs> that being said, none of us here could really uh, be cast as high school students. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. None of yeah. us could. Especially I got the height for one. I have the height for one? I have the height for one. Oh, you do have the height for one. If, from, like, behind, you could totally be Yeah, like, yeah, if but... I'm looking away and, like, I'm in the background, I don't think anyone would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being said- I also I'd... dress like a high school student, too, so- But I don't think you'd be willing to shave your beard to play a high schooler, though. No, that's why you do it from behind. Like, you can't see <laughs> yeah. my beard if you're looking behind. Also, I don't know about you guys. There were some, like, big beards at my high school. Like, nope. at least, like, Robbie beards. No beards no. at my... Well, there were beards at my high school, but that's because they were, like, 35 years old. <laughs> so that doesn't count. I, I was going to say, we had a... Uh, our English teacher had quite the beard. <laughs> that's clearly not what I mean, yeah. but... I know that's not what you mean, our but... English teacher? Yeah. You English. had an English teacher? The female what? English teacher? <laughs> oh, no, fuck. History teacher. <laughs> yeah, history teacher. The female history teacher. <laughs> Yeah, she used to play, or she used to be in the circus for a while because being the bearded lady, and then she decided she wanted to do something better with her <laughs> life. Such a weird like thing to be like. Why is that a thing to look at? The bearded lady. Yeah. Well, way back in the day, that was. <laughs> How dare you have facial hair? You are a woman. You're supposed to be in the kitchen and be clean and. Yeah, but like, imagine just like, behold, the unshaven, uh, the shaven man. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, it was usually a strong man. Like, all the hair that he shaved off himself, he gave to the bearded lady, so she'd be hair- hairier. Uh, we'll have to continue this talk yeah, this is when we watch <laughs> Nightmare Alley in f- a few months. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but, like, that movie from the, I think it's called Freaks, but, like, that 1930s movie? Yes. Super I would love freak. to watch that for the podcast. That'd be weird, but fun, yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, this movie. Yeah. yeah. But Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Yeah, like Liz was saying, he was trying to get it made for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, I can't really like blame him for you know being too old for this movie though either, just because that happens all the time in movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Greece. Ex- literally, <laughs> everybody interviewed him about it, and he's like, "What about Greece? Everyone loves Greece." And like, they were fucking forty years old doing that. So yeah, 
I mean, between that or like um, another one that was famous for that was uh, I know what you did last summer because mm. all of the high schoolers, quote unquote, were in their late twenties for that. Can't have nudity if they're under yeah, eighteen. Well, so uh, Halloween. They didn't even have nudity in that movie. Yeah, I don't remember that movie very well. <laughs> Halloween, though, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I think I was like, what? They're supposed to be high schoolers? Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought they were supposed <laughs> to be in college or something. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, between that or like uh, even Game of Thrones is a good example of that because like a lot of the characters they can't they they couldn't have minors even though like in the books they're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, but they're they being had played a couple. By... They had a couple younger ones. They had a couple younger ones, but like a good example would be like Daenerys because she was fourteen years old in the first book, but she's also having sex with a very large man in the first book too. Yeah, but then also you have. Joffrey and then the other one who's annoying. Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> yeah, both of them were in their twenties also. <laughs> they didn't start in their twenties. They didn't start in their twenties, but they're, they were in got their... there eventually, obviously. Yeah. They got there. They didn't stop aging before then. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen. Hansen. Uh basically just to say that we don't really care that um Ben Ben Platt. Ben Platt yeah, is you know, in his late twenties for this movie playing a high schooler. No, I, he honestly encapsulates what this character is. Yeah, he does. Um, it, it is one thing that I did like about this movie is they they show anxiety in a way that other movies don't really do it, but they do it in a very, in my opinion, realistic way. Gonna say, I think when a lot of people write anxiety, it's from people who don't have anxiety. Yeah. Gonna you're, say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this handles that pretty well, honestly. Um. The other thing I was going to say with the whole Ben Platt trying to get it made for so long, eventually he got his father and another partner to uh, produce it, which led to a lot of people complaining about nepotism and stuff like that. But, like, Ben Platt was always going to play this role. Uh, well, in a, COVID almost stopped that from happening because literally he was like, if there's another outbreak of COVID, I will be too old at that point to play this. It's going right. to be impossible to cover that up. I can't I can't do it after that. So he was actually, like, I'm, I'm very... Happy and thankful and lucky that we were able to do it when we could, because one more year and I would have been fucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would have hit purity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, honestly, he encapsulates this role perfectly well. Like, I never questioned that it was ever Evan Hansen yeah. on the screen. For me personally, anyway. Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel like you were watching someone betraying him. It felt like you were watching Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good, honestly. Um, music, E. Hi. Um, by the way, uh, chances for spoilers from here on out. Uh, we explained what the basic plot of the movie was beforehand because yeah, that is honest. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> trailer sucks. Yeah, that's honestly the basic plot of the movie. Um, it it is the plot. We'll yeah. we'll I'll do another spoiler tag when it gets like the big big reveal at the very end. But like basic spoilers for anything past before the last twenty minutes. Nothing um, that you can't learn from watching a trailer. Yeah, E, you said there's some of the music and stuff you didn't really like. Oh, like. Well, for the music, it was mostly I didn't like the uh, love song, Big Surprise, and mm-hmm. I just didn't remember a lot of it, really. Okay. Okay, interesting. So, like, did... Here, I guess I got a question. Did it feel, like, out of place to you, or...? Uh, I mean, it's a thing with most musicals I watch, where it, like, has this weird thing where it's, like, half in-universe, half out-of-universe. That always was, like... That's always, like, a minor bug to me in musicals, like... We watched uh, Steven Universe, the musical, a couple weeks ago, and I like Steven Universe a lot because literally it's all in universe. Like, they even are like they're not even singing with us at a point in the music. <laughs> yeah, musical. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't, it just like it wasn't. None of it was really an issue or anything. It just didn't 
stick with me, really. Okay, just just not like the type of music that you'd remember. I wouldn't even say that. I think it just didn't. Again, like if I went another pass through, maybe I'd remember some of it better. But like, okay, just fair enough. Fair enough. Just is what it is. Um, one thing that I like that I was not sure about this when me and Liz first saw it in theaters, um, was whether or not things were recorded like on set or not. And after reading about some of it today, I learned that one hundred percent, everything was recorded like on set on uh, in in camera with audio and mics there. For every part, yeah, um, because they wanted to ensure that Ben Platt's vocals were going to uh, match how he was looking and be as authentic as possible. Because um, again, this is something that Liz pointed out to me uh, when his, we were his voice cracks a lot. Well, that's very purposeful. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that like it is extremely hard to sing passionately and be facially emotive at the same time. Yeah. Which is something that I don't think I really thought about that much before Liz brought it up. And then, like, thinking about it and, like, watching other, uh, like, Broadway things and uh, other, like, musical things in between from when we first saw this to, like, now. I'm like, oh, yeah, people just kind of, their voices are emoting and their faces kind of doing nothing. <laughs> so it's actually really impressive that Ben Platt's able to really pull off both. Yeah. No, I do agree with that because... Uh... I guess a very famous example of that would probably be uh, another musical where they did something similar, uh, Les Miserables. Or Miserables. Les Mis, yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, there was that famous scene where Anne Hathaway was singing, but she was cr- like actively crying while singing, and her voice is cracking a lot because of it, but they wanted like, that raw, emotional uh, scene of it. But it's when you're crying, it kind of messes with your voice a lot yeah. because you know you have your tears coming down tear ducts absorbing it into your nose and then going back into your throat and it's kind of messing things up for trying to you know blurt out words let alone singing them right but uh yeah it is rather hard to at least sing well while conveying a lot of those emotions on screen listen i can't sing well without crying you add crying into the mix. I'm I'm done. Yeah. You're just getting gurgles and goggles. <laughs> um, yeah. So past the basic plot of the movie, you get into a lot of the relationships and the the thing that I on the live show after me and Lisa on theaters that I complained about is that the entire movie is based on the misunderstandings. Um yeah. I would say it's past misunderstanding and just straight into actual just straight up lying. Yes. Yeah. And from what I got of that is it's kind of goes into like, you know, Evan Hansen basically wanting to bring comfort to a grieving family and feeling like he has to lie in order to do that. I think I would agree with that if it only related to the family, but I think the moment he started pulling everyone else into the mix is when it goes past just trying to comfort people. Yeah. I think I'm I lean more towards your side E. Um which is the question that I think I'll ask now that I asked Liz a week ago. Um, do I how need to do go you... grab it out of the comment box? Yeah, yeah, could you go do that? It was very detailed. I don't remember all of it. <laughs> no, um, Evan Hansen, how do you view him as a character in general? Like, sympathetic or what? Like, how do you view him? I feel like it starts out sympathetic, but it kind of turns into more of a thing, especially towards the middle of the film, wherever, you know, he's kind of... I want to say almost like receiving rewards for lying 
like midway through the movie. In a way, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it does kind of, at least kind of, go back towards sympathetic towards the end of the movie. But um, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a mi- mixed bag. But it kind of shows him growing as a person throughout the movie too. Uh, kind of. I mean, yes, it does. But that's one of those problems I think I have with the ending of the movie. The ending of the movie is my biggest problem with the movie altogether. Um, which again, we'll get to that. In, yeah. in a little bit. Uh, what about you, E? Um, he's he's one of those characters where like you understand why they're doing what they're doing, but at the entire time, you know they're constantly doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, I guess to put it in perspective, quite frankly, throughout a lot of his dialogue in the main two acts of this movie, I did just actively cringe <laughs> from just, like, secondhand embarrassment, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this. Um, so, like, it's one of those where, like, in I, like, it, it pains me, like, to see someone actively making all these terrible steps, and I know, like, fundamentally why they're doing it, and that they're a broken person, not but at the same time, it's like hard to watch a train wreck. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I could, I could see that. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I really think I would say he's sympathetic. I guess maybe I'm going more into empathetic than sympathetic, but like, it's hard to really justify how far he goes for me. Is mm-hmm. what is why I think it ultimately kind of goes past sympathetic more into like the question of do the ends justify the means because i think that's a lot of what this movie is doing okay liz so you should have gotten the comment box i'm just kidding um i kind of got the same question my question was do you see him as the antagonist or the protagonist that was the question i was given by dry um, I saw him as neither, um, cause I, he really tried to tell these people like, Hey, it's not, he didn't write that. He literally said at the beginning. And if the dad was caught that when he said it again, later on, he would have been like, Oh, this kid tried to tell us he wrote this note and we didn't listen. And the mom was like, but you're his friend. And now I see this on his cast. and. Um, and I see it very much of like this person that Evan is where he wants to be quote unquote normal. And this is basically the only time he's ever felt normal is living all of these lies because essentially everyone else, you know, lives lives, lies, sorry, (laughs) lives lies to be quote unquote normal. Um, and so it's kind of hard to go back from that to be like, I was this person that nobody knew except saw me is really, really weird. Um, and now I'm this person that everyone thinks, um, is really awesome because they think I knew this person and this is everyone's normal. This is what everybody feels like all the time. And it's really easy. And then it just goes back. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Um, (laughs) So I don't even know if it's so much that he wanted to feel normal as much as he wanted to be just accepted is the way that I saw it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what like, I mean by normal. Well, that's what, uh, yeah. And I was gonna say, but that's what I meant by like how he's kind of, it's like sympathetic of him, like kind of just being like that weird loner kid. And then he starts reaping the rewards of 
you know, lying about something midway through and because he feels accepted and all of a sudden like he's all of a sudden this bigger person because of it. And that's where it becomes like less sympathetic towards him. It's one of, cause like he, I think Liz has a point about him wanting to feel normal because the movie makes a really big point about how he was basically just striving to be a part of a nuclear family again. And like how his household is kind of ended up breaking him in a lot of ways. And the moment he felt something close to what he what he imagines a normal family is, he wanted to do everything to keep that. Which again is like one of those things where he you understand why he's doing it, but ultimately I think it loses a lot of sympathy for me personally, like of digging yourself deeper for the idea of something that you want without really knowing what you're wanting yeah i think by the end of it and i told liz this too i think i kind of view him as a villain of the whole thing i think the movie wants you to see him as a tragic hero in a lot of ways like a greek tragic hero i think that's what they want but i don't think that's what they succeed in and i think that's one of the biggest problems with the ending is that from all of the awful things that he did no matter how sympathetic you feel towards him if at all at that point um it's almost like okay you did all these awful things now here's your punishments and he almost gets nothing and when that's really interesting to me with the movie because in the movie i feel like he almost gets nothing and i guess the movie was changed in the ending quite a bit to make it to where he loses a lot more than he did in the broadway play even like in the broadway play literally nothing happens to him he just gets everything still um so that seems weird to me yeah. yeah, like, I think they tried to hint at something. Like, they tried to hint at the silent judgment of his peers. Right. But, like, we're not shown anything. Like, I, I really thought the movie was going to kind of move to the direction where, like, now instead of just kind of passively being ignored, he is actively being bullied from this point. Kinda, almost. Yeah, and kind of showing how the systems don't really work in a lot of ways, but at the same time, that probably goes away from the moral of whatever they're trying to say. Yeah, which I think maybe... That's another thing. I think the moral kind of gets a little muddled Mm -hmm. in a lot of that, because I think it's trying to say a lot of small things instead of maybe one big message. Maybe. I think... I guess I'll probably get into it now, because this is as good as a place anyway. I said a lot about, like, personal bias Um. I think this movie does ultimately fall into a trap of about a lot of things that deal with suicide to me, where it has the suicide, and then the entire story is actually basically surrounding the suicide rather than the person. And I think it goes into, and I don't know, maybe it is slightly what the movie wants to talk about, because I think it goes into this trap that a lot where it's like, a, a suicide happens, is the most tragic thing, and we talk about about like preventing suicide but it often we're not talking about preventing suicide we're talking about preventing suicide where like the actual steps to making the world more accessible aren't really dealt with it's more just like oh suicide's such a terrible thing we don't want suicide without really thinking about what that entails they kind of get into it with the connor project but like the Connor Project's such a like vague idea of a thing, in my opinion. Like the only 
goal the Connor project actually is is that it wants to re buy out the orchard orchard mm-hmm. that that uh Evan said that he and Connor went to but at the same time what is that really accomplishing like that to me that's almost like a vanity project because like They've raised a hundred thousand dollars to buy out an orchard. Orchard, <laughs> I know I keep saying orchard <laughs> to buy out an orchard, but like, wouldn't that hundred thousand dollars be much better spent fu- funding programs for the actual people that they're claiming to want to be saving? And like, I don't know something about that. So like, when talking about suicide, I see this a lot. Where like. A lot of people who talk about suicide aren't actually interested in the prevention of suicide. They just want the suicide part to kind of somehow not exist without doing anything about it. So that's what kind of bugged me about this movie. And I would say that I agree with that, but I think that the movie does touch on that quite a bit. I think that's honestly the point of having the whole plot line of The Orchard and the purchasing of that. Um... And I think you see a lot of that with like the parents and stuff like that and a lot of their failings because a lot of the times when they'll talk to the kids, they say like, oh, this is better for you. This is what you want to do. This is what we would do. Instead of actually listening to what all the kids are saying, the, the parents keep ignoring them, honestly, throughout the whole thing. Um, and so I think that that's one of those things to where I think it's more of a commentary on how the world is rather than saying like, here's what you should do. I think it's more of saying like, this is what people do. And you see that with the meetings and stuff with the project in the school. Like the yeah, first day, it. everybody shows up, and then as it's no longer then the, a couple weeks later, there's only, like not even a quarter of the people there anymore. Yeah, once it's not the big story, once it's not the headline, once it's not what everybody's talking about and gossiping about anymore, it's not the big thing. And so it falls by the wayside, and the people that really, really care about it keep going, obviously. But it's not the hot topic anymore, so people fall off of it. Yeah. And I think that's with most things. And I think. Uh, you see that with how it keeps showing people's comments and stuff after the the big number um you'll be found uh how there's all these comments about like hey i can't believe i didn't know you connor and like blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. yeah and you see like at the very beginning people taking pictures like next to his locker and saying oh my god you're such a great person i can't believe i didn't get to know you like the fakeness of people yeah i definitely think the movie is touching on that and i think that's a very like important thing to point out for sure i definitely saw that a lot where once a person dies suddenly everyone was their friend the whole time mm-hmm. and i've heard a lot of stories about like people who actively were probably a reason why a person committed suicide are trying to act like they were always there for that person yeah. and just kind of the 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 fakeness of it all as you were saying um, but at the same time, I feel like the movie was trying to, like, it's just, it's the first step to point something like that out, but what is it, what's it ultimately doing then? Is it just saying, look, here's how society does it, but what ultimately should become of that then? Like, what should people be taken away with it? Because I think a story like this, especially with how seriously it does try to take itself what's the step then like you if it's 
pointing that out, but not actually actively doing anything differently, isn't is it still just in the same bubble as everything else? Like being self-aware doesn't mean you're not still doing the thing. I think I have to disagree with both of you. Okay. Okay. Um, on the part where Evan like doesn't really lose everything or he loses everything. Um, I think he gains a lot in the end. Um, because in the beginning he was thinking he had to lie to be a better person. Uh, to make people like him and at the end nobody likes him but that's when he's the most comfortable with himself because he's not lying to anybody um so I think he gains a lot from the whole experience I wonder I do agree that like sometimes you know with tragic events people do make it into this hot topic thing um and then it either dies or it keeps going but I also think that things like this and the money that's going towards it um, helps out a lot of people. One in the, like, at the end of the movie you hear, it helps out the family a lot, right? Um, the mom was the only one that could see, as all moms do, can only see the good in their kids, and no one else was seeing the good in, that, in, in Connor, except for her. She was the only one that was remembering the good things that he did. Um, and it, so it helps the family. But I think that it also helps, especially, like, in memoriam things uh, like that because we had a couple of those in high school as well that we built and like it doesn't help everyone because not everyone goes but the people that go it helps them and maybe that's the way that they you know that's the only way that it gets to help them or you know solidify their feelings in a way it just you know it's just how you use it because some things you know there's resources everywhere but not everyone uses it I don't know how many times I've offered my, you know, my company's whole support thing. No one's taking it. It's 100% free. It really just matters, like, who wants to take it. Um, It just, you know, it just is. And sometimes things get saturated, too, right? So, I don't know. I think valid points all around, because I agree. It just, I think I just see it from a different perspective. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I kind of was talking about personal bias. I guess another similar thing uh, at the original introduction of like the student class body president character, uh, there was a moment where like she was handing out wristbands and talking about the memoriam, and um, I kind of scoffed at that because, um, quite frankly, it reminded me of my own student body president who had told me at one point that if he knew someone was going to make commit suicide that he would just help him through that like actually doing the suicide so like there just kind of was a point in me that like saw that character and luckily that isn't the character but like uh, again personal bias is the idea of like not actively wanting to prevent suicide but just prevents suicide but here's the thing though I think I understand where that person is coming from um, and I, I, I think I felt that same way as you for a very long time, um, for, for a lot of things that happened when I was younger. Um, but I think it's a lot of conversations that I've ended up having with Liz about a lot of this kind of stuff is that I think that there are some cases where people want to die and they should be allowed to. I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm not saying 
everyone needs to go out and be like, oh, hey, here's the tool to your destruction or anything like that. But I think there's cases, and I I don't know what the situation was where you had this conversation with this person, so I'm not going to pretend to know that. But I think there are cases to where people are in horrible, horrible agony, and there's nothing that can help them. And if physical pain or mental pain or a mixture of the two, and I think there's some cases where those people literally don't have another out. Yeah, I don't think it's... Ne- yeah, it's not like a black and white situation, obviously, and... Like, there are definitely, like, I definitely believe in medical-assisted suicide in a lot of cases like that, but uh, knowing this person, and we were just talking about high school students in general, it, I don't know if I can really give him, like, I don't think it was, there's really much subtlety to his statements, honestly. And, again, it's there's a lot of personal bias to my stuff. Like I think about a lot of life in general. Like, is there like, what is this? How more people think like, are there situations where if someone needs help, that's the solution they're given, like go through with it. So I don't know. Again, personal bias hits a lot. Yeah, I think there is a lot of personal bias when it comes to just the topic of suicide and the kind of experiences you've had around it. Because I've, I'm definitely, I see where you're coming from about like the negativity of like the the orchard in this case in the movie, like a a large thing to uh, have like a memorial uh, that's permanently there for people, but. I don't think that that hurts anybody either. Like, I don't think, I think you're right that for everybody, that's not going to be, that's not a solution. It's obviously never going to be a solution, but I don't think that pretending like it didn't happen or saying this happened, okay, here is the solution. I don't think suicide or the loss of a loved one is anything that you can just have a solution for. It's just not a solution. It's not a, here's the problem, here's the solution. Because like you said, it's not black and white. Right. So I think like, in some cases, something like this, in the movie's case, like The Orchard, um, that can help a lot of people. And that can show people like, hey, this is dedicated to this for this reason. And that can touch a lot of people and bring someone else to another place mentally to where they can get to heal in their own way. Because nobody heals the same way. Everybody heals differently. Everybody works through things differently. Um, I think in a lot of those cases, I understand what you mean, because they can come off as very, um, false. They can ring as incredibly untrue, uh, as it's like, oh, hey, no, we super care about this thing. Here's a statue and then never bring it up again. But like, who's it for? Like, cause it's not, it's not going to be for everybody. Every one of these things isn't no. going to be for everybody is the thing, you know? And like. I understand from the storytelling perspective, this is obviously for the grieving family. Right. I guess, again, personal bias, just, like, seeing it presented as this, like, especially after the number with the student body president presented as, like, I want to make everyone be able to be free to share their thoughts and stuff. They went into that a bit with the website, but 
it felt like the goal was very disconnected from their actual objectives in a lot of ways. It depends on what you think their objectives are. Because I, I don't think that the movie really goes into, like, here's an objective, but it's more of, like, literally, very quite literally, it's sometimes knowing that you are not alone on something can mean the world. And I think as for what that character put out there and for what ended up being the website and whatnot, I think that is the objective. It's just know you are not alone. So I think in that particular case in the story, I think that, that they accomplish it for the most part, really. Um, even though it is by awful means, of course, just because of the social material. But yeah, like, again, personal bias. Um, I don't think every action when it comes to anything like this has to be a solution or a step towards a solution. Because um, I don't think that this is one of those situations that there is just a solution. Like, you can't just, here's the thing that's going to fix this hole in you, because everybody's hole is different. So there's never going to be that one stopgap or that one thing that's going to, the magical key or whatnot, you know? Personally, is how I feel about it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of the thing about this movie, too, is there's going to be, because everybody's going to have their own personal biases, uh, everyone's going to have their own story for it. Everyone's going to have their own different experiences dealing with, you know, mental health and suicide and how that affects them personally. Everyone's going to look at it differently, too, yeah. which is why that might be one of the reasons why there's so many differing opinions of this movie. Because, you know, you can look at a character and say, like, oh, I knew that person or that person was me or um, that person was my mom. That person was this guy that bullied me in high school, so on and so forth. Um because there are valid points all around with ev- like everybody's made valid points of like stuff that's happened in their personal lives and I've seen a little bit of all of it too like um I guess without naming names me and Dry did have a friend in high school that he said he was suicidal but never really like went through with anything like that he kind of did it in like a weird attentiony way because that's the way that he knew how to get like attention from people too or like people who were just quiet about the whole thing whenever uh, about like their own struggles because they didn't know how to bring it out to other people because they had anxiety about the whole thing or you know people who you know seem like they didn't care until something actually happened and then all of a sudden they just care out of nowhere and this movie kind of tries to hit it on all ends but there's there's so many different personal stories of what's go- of you know the subject matter that it's hard to hit all of it right and i think when it comes to something like suicide which is incredibly painful for everybody involved. Yeah. I think when a movie like this has that kind of story, what ends up happening is people want it to be A, B, and C of everything. Of like, say, here's every step of what this means. And I don't think that that's this movie. And I don't know, I don't know if that's what this movie's going for. I think this movie is really bringing up a conversation. Yeah. And that, I think, can rub people the wrong way as well, because it is something that is bringing up a conversation and bringing something more to the forefront of people's minds and people who are um, kind of uh, more deep into these kind of thoughts or these thought processes, I think, get very angry about that because it's like, okay, well, yeah, everybody knows about this. How can, how can you not do this, this, and this? But there's, I think, I think there's still a ton of people in in the world that just are completely oblivious to any kind of uh, mental illness in any kind of way whatsoever. Um, I know plenty of people who are just like, 
uh, when it comes to anxiety or depression of like, hey, why are you sad? Like, be happy. This, this, and this. And like, they just don't get that that's not how depression works or like yeah. anxiety. Like, everybody's anxious. Like, how everyone deals with like being nervous all the time. Like, but, like that's not what anxiety is. Like, yeah. They just don't I mean, understand what it is to have this thing. And I think that that's what this movie is. Is like, this is what people deal with. Yeah. And not like, this is what people deal with and this and this and this and this. Like, it's not, it's not a detailed, laid out list. It's, it's a conversation starter, I think. No, I can agree with that. I was going to say, I think we also kind of grew up in a place wherever it was one of those, like, oh, you're feeling sad, suck it up. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that was kind of the motto of the family. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, there's... And now you're all broken. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I, I see a little bit of all of those things that you were saying, too. Like, I guess a good example um, with, like, the... Uh, Connor project they had where they were trying to get this orchard up and how it seemed more important to some people than others. Even that very first day, whenever there was so, uh, a lot of people there, I don't know if any of you noticed, there was one person sleeping in the back. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the redheaded football player. Mm. Yeah, he was sleeping in the back during that time, but he was part of it because it was like the thing. Everyone was talking about it, and so he wanted to be part of the thing. Yeah. And so that is very much a thing, but there are people who care about it, maybe even a little bit too much, like the president. Oh, yeah, the school president, because if you ask me, the Connor Project was more a symbolic victory than anything else. But that symbolic victory meant a lot to her, so much so that she felt like she had to push through and had to make it work Yeah, on it. Because it's one of those like, oh, well, if it's a symbolic victory, but if we don't get this done, then maybe Connor didn't really care or didn't really matter. And if he didn't really matter, maybe I don't really matter. Do any of us really matter? Kind of thing. And so it was a symbolic victory, but it was still super important to her. I honestly think you're absolutely right. I think you know it on that front. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know. And then I was also kind of thinking about what you're saying about like whether Evan Hansen is like the antagonist or protagonist, which I don't feel like this movie actually has an antagonist or a protagonist per se, at least within like a person in this movie. I feel like he's someone who is stumbling along the way, like not so much a tragic hero either, but like he's just someone who hasn't quite gotten it figured out either and i think it's kind of one of those i don't know like i said i think part of it has to go with like towards the beginning wherever like he wanted to say that like connor didn't write this it was me who wrote this but he was also so anxious to tell him or tell other people that oh i'm writing letters to myself don't judge me about it kind of thing that he just went along with it because his mo- his grieving mother was looking for you know something good to remember her son by yeah and... antagonist is the bad one right yes yeah yeah, yeah that's amy adams for me not as the, <laughs> not as the character, just as the person. Just as the mother. For, no, for as s- a person. For some reason, <laughs> Liz has this horrible, horrible thing against Amy Adams, and I don't even get it because she just seems like such a sweet lady. She has a beautiful I'm singing sure, voice. Yeah, I'm sure she's salt of the earth, whatever that means. <laughs> people like to say it about nice people. I think she probably is, but I can't ever see her outside of like this dumb princess. I can't. <laughs> I can't see Is it because she was in that fairy tale movie? Yeah, and I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I like, I, I just don't like it. I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I can't ever see her out of that and it bothers me. And Which so when she tries, is this? the mom of the, I, of Connor, okay. Connor's mom. I almost feel like you need to watch Nocturnal Animals because you will never see her as a Disney princess again after that movie. I don't know. She, she wait, which, has, which movie? Know. And her voice. I don't know. She's like in a she's, lot of movies. She is. 
Yeah, I don't know. She's, she's in that she's a good dumb actress. Muppets movie. It's not a dumb Which, Muppets movie. It's okay. an incredible Muppets movie. <laughs> she has him. like she just has this high pitched voice all the time and like this face that never changes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just she can't taught first that. graders how to fix a car in Muppets. <laughs> Lots of people teach lots of things in Muppets and Sesame Street. Yeah, I feel like that's what my grandparents learned in first grade. (laughs) I don't know. I don't actually hate her. I just can't see unsee her from a certain way, and I just I don't know. Plus, she's wonderful in Arrival. She's a great alien movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's a fantastic movie. I've wanted to watch that movie for a while, but Dry has talked about bringing it to the podcast, so I've held off on that. One hundred percent bringing it to the podcast this year. Good, because I, I want to watch it, and I've I been putting it off. I was going to suggest that one for tonight, but I was like, oh, he already brought this for sure. I haven't, I mean, actually. It's been too many movies now. I, I mean, honestly, I'm At glad he brought this, because <laughs> I, I did really want to watch this movie, and I'm really glad that I got to watch it. Like, I know that there's a lot of polarizing opinions about this movie, but all in all, I think they did a good job in you know, bringing a conversation piece to get our, to the forefront with this movie. Yeah, and I think we've danced around it. I'm going to bring it up here. Spoilers for like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Big spoilers. Um, Evan Hansen uh, finally gets caught. He sends the letter to the class president. She puts it on the website to try and get more people to pay for the Kickstarter to get the orchard up. Uh, he finally comes out to the family saying, I lied about all of this. Uh, the words fail song, which again, yeah, breaks my heart every time I hear it. Uh, destroys me. Um, and then from there, he that's... That's when he's ostracized because for a little while there, everybody still sees him as like this person who was like his best friend and like, oh, his family's the devil. But he was a great friend to, to Connor. And then he finally is like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he puts a video up on Instagram saying what he did. And then everybody hates him. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just feel like it's not enough from all of the awful things that he did to the family. Like, he literally implanted himself into this family. They like loved him, maybe for the wrong reasons. Like maybe, I mean, yeah, I mean that's still. how I kind of saw it too. Is that um, the mother like trying to incorporate him so much in the family was trying to bring her son back through him. Yeah, in the sense well, that he kind of became the new son with the father too. Like I think it doesn't mm-hmm. get as touched on with his character, but I think you definitely. Yeah, see the only that. time that you There's really get a... it. Go ahead. I was gonna say the only time it really touches on it was uh, whenever he says that he was gonna sell all that baseball stuff. For the Connor project, because that's something that he wanted to, you know, do with uh, Connor whenever he was alive is play baseball with him. But he never got that chance. And that's the only time that you like really get a a chance to like see like this father who's kind of like a stonewall throughout a lot of the movie kind of be vulnerable for a second. Yeah. Um, That's one of the songs I was taking out of the movie. Um, from the Broadway show is that the dad gets a song about the bass moment and how he wanted or how he like has all of this knowledge that he showed Connor and Connor didn't care. It was not more like it wasn't as much of like, I want to play catch with him and he didn't want to, but it was more of like teaching him all this stuff. And that's one of my favorite songs about are on the Broadway musical or Broadway soundtrack. That one's one of my favorite 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 songs because you just hear this dad just like all these life lessons a dad does and then it just like breaking him when you know because his son just went the wrong direction one time 
So I don't know. I really love it. Which so I I wish it was in the movie because it's I think it shows a lot more to the dad than what he is, um, and kind of why he is the way he is now, in a way. So. Yeah, I remember when we were watching that in theaters. You were like, yeah, "It's coming! It's coming!" Like they didn't they didn't do it, and you were like really <laughs> sad. I was so <laughs> sad, and that one's one of my favorites. The love yeah. one is also really good, but nah. the dad one is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that does sound quite upsetting that it doesn't, because like the dad is kind of underdeveloped ultimately because of something like that. Because like you understand that he's like the stern dad that did love his son, but like I feel like with how third dimensional they make most, they try to make a lot of their characters. He just felt like that ultimately. So I think a song like that would really help. Yeah. I think that honestly falls short falls short on all, all the parent characters because there's uh originally the Broadway play opens up with a song called "Does anybody have a map?" Um, which is like a song basically like "Does anybody have a map of how like any of this family stuff works or how you're supposed to, like raise a family or anything like that?" And it's something that people who really like the Broadway play and hate this movie complain about is that that shows what where the characters are starting off and how like the family dynamics are working and stuff like that instead of like just kind of throwing you in later into that. Um, and so it's missing that song and it's missing another one, which I'm not mad. It's not in the movie cause I don't think it's a very good song, but it does show a character side of it. Um, Evan's mom has a song about like how angry she is towards Evan. Um, because about of the poor thing hmm? about the poor thing and yeah, how he's kept all these secrets from her about like the basically double life that he's been living. Yeah. But, like, it shows a lot more insight to, like, how she's feeling and stuff like that. I I mean, I haven't heard the song, but I feel like you get that from the movie enough already, like... Yeah, yeah, I don't, you think, can, I don't think you're missing a lot. Because, like, I, I think it really, like, encapsulates it in the kind of reverse montage where it shows Evan becoming more acquainted with the other family. Mm-hmm. And, like, it starting off with her saying i'm sorry we'll have to do taco tuesday next week yeah into him saying that to her ultimately yeah while also saying that he's at jared's the whole time yeah just straight up lying to her because he just doesn't want to say where he is and what he's been doing with his life and whatnot yeah um but i don't know i think that's one of the details it does do very well the like frustration kind of of dealing with your parent yeah i think i think it still touches on that from what i understand the broadway show touches on that a lot more of like again like the incompetent parents and that it's not maybe not incompetent but maybe the more self-centered parents who are blinded by what they think it should be instead of what it is uh the broadway play seems to focus on that a lot more and uh the missteps they take and that it's not just like a um Falling victim to suicide isn't one person's um, thing. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a whole system. It doesn't just happen. Uh, the Broadway play seems to touch on that a lot more. We were gonna go see it until the world ended, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember when I had this whole lineup of Broadway shows I wanted yeah. to see were coming? Out? Yeah, me too. <laughs> you saw one. 
after all this time? Two years later, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, sure. It's pretty good. <laughs> Lion King is pretty good. That's the fucking one Disney wouldn't refund us that one. Like, we have your money. Too bad. <laughs> oh, but think of the poor multi-billion dollar corporation. Oh, I know. Yeah, they, they really needed your enter amount of Broadway ticket your here. $1,000. <laughs> I think, don't, I think Lion King wasn't even the most expensive one, was it? No, Hamilton was going to be the most expensive. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about how, like, there's no way you could afford to. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, actually, yeah. I had a bank for this whole extravagant Broadway year. I had a bank account. And instead of that, you guys bought a whole mortgage. It's crazy. I wish. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) The world just sort of ended. The world sort of ended, so you weren't able to go to Broadway. But you had this cool standing desk attachment now, though. Oh, that's from my company. Mm-hmm. Oh, they gave it to you? Yeah. That's more money you saved then. I guess. <laughs> she just had to give them her soul. I had yeah. to buy my own desk. <laughs> it's a nice desk, though. It is mm. a nice desk. Thanks. My husband got it for me. <laughs> um, and in return, he got a coffee table. Yeah. Well, not really in return, but I got a coffee table. Yeah. yeah. I was very excited about that. I wanted that for a long time. Uh, Yeah. So, like. But the whole thing, I just, how I said Connor, not Connor, uh, Evan Hansen is the villain. Uh, I think it just ends up, I end up feeling that way because I really, really don't like Evan Hansen by the end of this. And I don't know if the movie wants you to like him or not at the end of it is another thing, but I really don't. I think in a lot of ways it's um for a very similar reason of, oh, what's the, yeah, Whiplash. Uh. I think it's a similar reason for that, where, like, it's building up you to one way. Yeah. And just the ending feels like it was going against everything it told you for the entire movie. It's almost like you got whiplash from the ending. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wait, is that what that movie meant? No, that was the song that they didn't, that they played once and not the other song they played four times. Was it more clever than we thought? (laughs) Um, I was going to say, that's why I kind of say, like, towards the beginning, he's more sympathetic, but, like. Mm-hmm. And then towards the middle, because he's, you know, he's getting all the, like, you know, he gained almost like an entire other family that's going to do all the stuff for him. And he gained a girlfriend and our, now the school loves him and the internet loves him and everything else. And, like, he's done all these crazy good things, but he has to keep up the slide or do it. And he's basically being rewarded for lying his way through all of this. And then yeah. towards the end, uh, I don't say that he's like sympathetic towards the end, but like he at least realizes what he did is wrong and he tries to, um, Without like saying like I'm not looking for sympathy or for or anything like that. I just want to let you know that I am sorry for what I did. And like he, I like the fact that they changed the ending for that. He still deals with the consequences of his actions in a way. Like it's not maybe as severe as you guys want it to be, but it's still in a way he's owned up to it at least. Well, as I want it to be, at least. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wouldn't say it's not that it's not as severe. I feel like it's semi unrealistic in a lot of ways, especially, like, it, it shows us, like, these people, like, uh, I mean, the internet is the internet, and this is how the internet functions, like, reading super deep into the uh, note Evan wrote. Oh, yeah, like, why would they hit him? Like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like, he, like, says nothing about that. Or in, like, how that is getting extrapolated, like, extrapolated, I guess? Yeah. Uh, um, And then immediately, like, oh, yeah, people just kind of ignore him. Whereas, like, I feel like there's a missing link there and maybe that's a different movie ultimately. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like, 
it feels weird. I mean, in it a feel, lot of ways that it, it just kind of ends on like a C note. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had other. If there's other movies that you guys have brought to the podcast, I feel end on a C note like that too. But it's just kind of a sense of like. Almost, you know, they deal with the aftermath of, the, of Connor's suicide throughout most of the movie, and then the end of the movie showing him, like, j- basically the beginning of him dealing with the aftermath of the lie and everything that happened during the movie. And so, like, it doesn't show you, like, you know, maybe he did actually get, like, yelled out by the internet, and he just kind of ignored it, but that's also kind of the internet, is that, you know, they'll villainize someone for a minute, and then that person will come back six months later, and everybody forgot about it. Yeah. Um... I guess a good example of something like that maybe would be like maybe C.K. Lewis for doing like the weird sexual things that he was doing, which none of it was okay. But I don't think just... anybody forgot about it. No, people. How often do you hear people talk about that though? Well, you don't hear people talk about Louis C.K. at all anymore. Exactly. Thing. And he was the guy. He was the comedian when all that happened. He was literally number one comedian in the world. Uh, had a hit show that he was getting awards for and had fucking incredible ratings, Louis on FX. Yeah. Uh, he was about to go on a huge fucking arena tour. Which he still did. He just did it months later. He didn't do arena. It wasn't arena. He did nightclubs. He did the same, he did the same thing, but he did it in nightclubs because he couldn't sell arenas. Because nobody's going to buy arenas to the guy who jerked off in front of some ladies. <laughs> but nevertheless, like, people don't talk about that, but are either that or, like, I guess, you know, this YouTuber did that or the celebrity did this or kind of thing. Like, they'll talk about it for a couple months and then people just forget about it. And then I guess it's also, you can also argue that's the same thing with Evan Hansen because he was kind of at the top of the top of his world towards the beginning of the movie and now no one really knows who he is anymore. He just, that guy. I don't know if he was at the top of his world at the beginning of it, more of in the middle, but yeah, I see what you think. Well, no, I'm saying in the middle of the movie, he's like at the top of his own world. Like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. was going great for him. And now, you know, towards the end of the movie, He's at this, like, oh, you know, like, I guess I'll probably go to college. I just got to get a job for a year and try to pay, or, you know, so I can have some money to pay off the loan that it's going to end up ma- making and everything. And, like, yeah. it's kind of moving on and just being a person at the end of it, which, honestly, even towards the beginning of the movie, he was, like, a ball of anxiety throughout the beginning of it. And I think in a weird way, like, it kind of shows that he grew, but he had to fall before growing again. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it is important to show that, you can grow, but also, I just really don't like Evan Hansen at the end of it. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have, like, yeah. he's like, even likable. I think it just kind of shows that he's growing, yeah. though, like, after a bad situation. But, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I'm a bit more sympathetic because I kind of see some of myself in Evan Hansen, too, with the way that I grew up. Yeah. Because I was, I, I feel like I was a big ball of anxiety, and I grew up in, I also grew up in a single-parent household with a mom that was working all the time to try to take care of two teenagers so dry was gonna be real pissed if you didn't relate to this movie (laughs) because of that (laughs) i mean well even with that i guess uh, another thing too because i kind of uh connor's family i related to them just a little bit too mostly zoe just because you know i was the younger of two kids and my sister kind of she was the one who was like she wasn't a bad person. She's still she's a very she good a person. Gangsta. <laughs> kind of, yeah. She got in a lo- she got kicked out of like multiple schools for fighting and stuff like that. And she was always acting out after our parents got divorced and everything. And I kind of just got quiet because of it because I didn't want to be that person that was acting out like she was either. So yeah, it's I kind of see a little bit of myself in both Zoe and in Evan, Ev- or Evan for this movie too. And so I think 
part of the reason why I am as sympathetic as I am instead of empathetic is because I kind of see myself in some of these characters. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's completely fair. Um, but I think we should go into final thoughts here. Oh, I need to bring something up. Okay. Uh, they sit with the uh, hundred thousand dollars they raised for the uh the Connor project. Mm-hmm. It stated that that was done through nine thousand nine hundred. Like, no, like nine thousand people, or or yeah, nine hundred, which is absurd because that'd be like ten thousand dollars per person and you could see how slowly the thing was ticking in the middle of the movie it just seemed kind of funny like okay yeah they they jumped someone donated twenty four thousand dollars right at the end they don't do math that, either no. <laughs> science lizard science oh my bad i mean there are a lot of trees i yeah, I just did the math. Uh, a hundred thousand divided by nine hundred eighty-six. That's what I read. Was yeah, how many people? Like it's a hundred one dollars and forty-one cents per person, or forty-two cents per person. Wait, what? Let me look at your math. <laughs> he is now doing the science. He's typing some stuff on Robbie's phone. <laughs> Nevertheless, a hundred, a hundred, um, especially for like a Kickstarter, a hundred dollars per yeah. person. That's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, hundred dollars per person is a lot. Yeah. Uh, I will say that there are people who do donate to stuff like that. I think one of the more infamous ones that I've read online is, uh, really enough, like whenever I go on Reddit, I read green text, which come from 4chan, but, uh, somebody wrote a thing about how they would, um, volunteer at the suicide hotline. And I guess there was a guy who every single month he would donate, I think it was like $17 and 86 cents. And the reason why is because that was the monthly allowance that he gave his son who committed suicide. And he just writes a note every single month saying daddy, our daddy still loves you. Mm. Okay, so final thoughts. <laughs> um, too dark. Too dark. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just kind of meant that as like, this is, it is a subject that hits a lot of people, and even though it's not talked about by a lot of people, and it is, yeah, it's, people will donate to that. And like, I, I don't know, in some ways it seems kind of unrealistic that ev- like all those donators donate at least a hundred bucks to that. Like uh, it just like it feel like it, it was it, weird. It, it was like a that. really small number for something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That also being said, in the last two days, like while the internet was hating on everything that was going on, they somehow got twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. In sorry. those last two days, <laughs> sorry for doing this again. That is something I want to bring up because I think it's like an interesting thing that kind of gets skipped over in the movie is like the kind of mirroring of the president who like used the note without Evans' consent to mm-hmm. try to gain like. Sympathy. Uh, sympathy. Yeah. And I think it is interesting, like, how much she was, like, she was trying to help doing a terrible thing in a breach of trust, kind of like the mirroring of Evan's story. Yeah. And I just, I do think that's really interesting in how, like, unlike Evan, though, she recognized her uh, fault immediately and tried to remedy it without being able to, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of goes under the once a stone is tossed, you can't bring it back. Yeah, kind well, of. It's, it's the thing they say about the internet. The internet, it, once it's on the internet, it's always there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can bring a stone back if you tie a string around it, Robbie. It's called a yo-yo. Read what kind of yo-yos books. are you using? That was a yo-yo first. That's how yo-yos were. Like a string <laughs> Rocks? A, yeah, big rock. <laughs> it was like a sharp rock. I mean, weirdly enough, uh, what? what I read is that a yo-yo was originally meant to be a ninja weapon. Yeah, it was a weapon. Yeah, I don't like think it was weapon. a rock. It was probably a rock. It was made of rock, but it was still like in the design of a yo-yo. <laughs> yeah, it was meant, it, it was meant a rock to... to a string. We're both right. 
<laughs> no? Okay. There's three of us <laughs> in this conversation. Liz is electing to not be in the conversation of is a rock yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> Getting some real judgy eyes from over there, Liz. <laughs> anyway. For half a second, I was expecting you to be like, it's just science. It is science. <laughs> it is physics. Actually, this is math. Um, it's physics. <laughs> which is part of science. But specifically. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Final thoughts. Let's but get one more. <laughs> uh, Liz, let's start with you. Final thoughts on Dear Evan Hansen. I like it. It's still good. I'll take it. If I didn't get to see it on Broadway, I'll take the movie. And it had the main character, which was cool. Um, so I like it. It it can be seen very many different ways. Um, I think everyone can relate to someone in the movie, whether it's a background character or it's the main character, which I really like. Plus, I also like I came I went to a very small school where everybody knew everyone, and I would always ask D, um, and E like. You can like meet a new person every day at your school because they just went to a huge ass school. I remember so, ten people from my school. Yeah, of, and my graduation was two hours long at least. I mean, so was mine, but it's because we get real sentimental. Yeah, with the you know sixty people Everybody compared gets to a your three hundred. Yeah, so. like. Everybody ours gets a was speech. Someone gets to write a song. Yeah, ours was they exactly. read our name. Everyone got to clap once specifically, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next name was read, and that ha- that was for two hours. Yeah, you guys couldn't have beach balls. We could have beach balls. No, so like they said, they know, were gonna withhold our diplomas if we used a beach ball. They can't do that. They had the diplomas. They weren't actually handing those out when they gave us stuff. They don't actually get stuff. We get our stuff right away. <laughs> like, it's this whole new world. They said I couldn't me. have my DS. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I could I could see you sitting down there in a little costume playing your DS. I would have, for sure, if, if that, if that gown had pockets. We all got drunk before our graduation. I guarantee you a lot of them were drunk yeah. before the graduation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know the people who were in my graduating class they got drunk good good but yeah i just like it for that it's also a different perspective of high school um and i see a lot of my classmates and a lot of those characters and background characters whether it be good or bad and um i think that's why it's i just think it's good and i love the soundtrack i think it's different it is definitely different listening to the soundtrack before it and then watching the movie because if I watched the movie like you guys did without listening to the soundtrack I probably would have been like okay two so (laughs) that's me Robbie I mean once again I still really like this movie the soundtrack is I think it's great still like there are some songs are more memorable than others I think the one you guys didn't bring up that in a weird way I did like was Requiem because it did show how people grieve in different ways yeah, loss that, of one one. that one has a really good payoff at at its climax of the song, I would say. I think it's probably one of the strongest in that regard. Yeah. It also shows that Zoe has a really fast Jeep that breaks on a dime. Yeah, it can <laughs> go up to 90 on a downhill slope and then go back to zero when you touch the gas, the brake. And it can be at 90 and go from park to reverse if you look at it. 
<laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Not even in drive the whole time. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, it's science. I'm going to pay attention. That's funny. I didn't get the, the first time we watched the movie when the mom came out of the um connor's family's house and she's like are you kidding me and gets the ticket off of the that's thing. Really I, that's funny. I was like oh i get it now. It I, I didn't get it the yeah. first time we watched it i was like oh i got that right away because yeah whatever so he's like oh make sure that you park in our driveway not on the street because people who oh live here are monsters yeah and that's a rich people's neighborhood that's probably like a 200 hundred dollar parking ticket at least <laughs> oh at yeah. the very least like I said, I also did kind of see some of my own upbringing and some of the characters too, like with, with Connor and like having anxiety and having a mom who works all the time. And Evan Hansen, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Well, I said Evan, but yeah. Evan Hansen. No, you definitely you said, said Connor. Connor. You said, oh, Connor, said Connor, Connor for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, with Evan, I'd see, you know, like having a mom that works all the time. And so like I would just go to other people's houses growing up to, you know, have bonding experiences with people and stuff like that. But like it's something that I didn't like really appreciate until I got older either. Yeah. Um. Between that or, like I said, having kind of being the quiet one while uh, you have an older sibling that acts out or, like, kind of seeing how, like, in a sense, there's some people who don't care until something bad happens because that kind of does happen with some people. And just the way that everybody acts, like, at the beginning of a tragedy like that compared to, you know, later on, whether it be a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years. Um, once again, musical numbers are pretty great on there. Yeah. Um, I say the cinematography was fine. Like there are some really nice shots, but there's also just some eh shots in that movie. I think it looks. I don't have any complaints about it's the cinematography cool. personally. Like, yeah, well, that's the thing is like I don't. It, it's perfectly chromulent, but there's nothing that like really stuck out. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's not like a big bombastic fireworks yeah. colorful show. Like it's well, all like, very grounded. Yeah, it's all very grounded. Like I guess a good example, like whenever he, um, not sure exactly what song the song is but like the whenever he talks about like climbing up the tree and seeing the world uh forever and or being able to see out into forever mm-hmm. um i was almost expecting like a good scenery shot for that one of like maybe a sunset or something but it was just showed his face the entire time yeah, yeah. um but yeah like other than that like I said cinematography is perfectly chromium like there's nothing wrong with it it was just like nothing really stood out but like the music stood out and the characters stood out and like i guess Having that conversation piece and the fact that we've had as much of a conversation of like our own personal experiences and how everybody has a different experience with it shows that this movie is doing its job and it's doing it very well. Um, all in, like I said, I really like this movie. All in all, I'd probably give it like a 9 out of 10. Okay. Liz, did you give a number rating? I didn't know I was supposed to yet. Yeah. Um, I probably give this a 7. Okay. Yeah. Cool. E? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll agree with Bromby. Uh, the cinematography is very crumbs and lint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I killed Ryan with that one. Yeah. He was not expecting that. That's why it's a good thing that we didn't watch it in 8K because he'd be able to see all of the crumbs and lint. <laughs> now, um, as I was saying, uh, it, it had a lot of elements I really liked. I really liked where they built up a lot of the characters. At the same time, there are a lot of uh, bigger piece, set pieces to the story that held it back for me. Um, the A lot of the framing of the Connor project, as well as, I feel like, a bit of a messy ending. Um, I, I mean, it's not uncommon for me to watch a musical and forget some of the songs. <laughs> no, no, it's not uncommon. Uh, in fact, it is 
it's insane if I even remember two songs sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like if I if I go back and listen to them a bit, I could pinpoint one. The romance song is a romance song. It's and very good song. It's very gross it's and quite good. Uh, should be removed. Uh, they should have removed that one from the soundtrack. Very important frankly. song, actually. They should remove that one and put it in the dad's song. Uh, in the same exact place, uh, same exact place, same actors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, Liz looks conflicted right now. <laughs> she just sits on the bed. Can I tell you something? I taught my son how to play the catch. <laughs> I don't know. Catch. How to <laughs> Come on, son. Let's go play the catch. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. You know. And personal biases will always be a very important thing in regards to a lot of this. Um, I do personally find myself very, uh, I do gravitate towards a lot of suicide stories, quite frankly. And uh, different ones hit me differently. Uh, even on a rewatch, maybe maybe I'll watch this again and it will hit me a lot better. Um, I mean... Another movie I watched dealing with uh, suicide, a silent voice, um, I thought was very good on the first two times watching it, but the third time I watched that, that one actually really hit me, and I think it, you know, a lot of this stuff really depends where you are in life, so yeah, maybe one day I can come back and do this. Maybe I'm not far enough from my high school experience to really have a yearning of that, kind of, like, to have want that feeling of high school instead of just like not wanting stories about high school again i don't know I, I, i'm not saying like it's painting high school in a positive light or anything or that it's like nostalgic for high school i'm saying it's just I'm too not, close to high school for you still yeah like i'm not at a point where that's what i'm wanting like maybe I, given some time to reflect on it maybe because uh again like I it's not a positive thing if I think back to high school of like people I knew at high school as you could tell by my kind of bad reaction to the initial part of the student body president mm-hmm. before they really delved into her character and I I do really appreciate stories that can paint things such as depression and anxiety in a more realistic light again especially anxiety like the first 10 minutes of this really do encapsulate the feeling of like conscious, like not really being able to handle your emotions and kind of the overstimulus of something such as high school. And I do appreciate when things can do that. Um, I, this is, there's a lot here to unpack and I don't know. Maybe I'm just not ready to move yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I I'll give it like a tentative six out of ten personally. Okay. Um, I like it a lot. I think I think for me the the landing is where it really fails. Um. And again, that's just going to be personal opinions on how uh for me I feel about Evan Hansen. Um, and just not liking him at the end of it, and I don't. I don't know if you're supposed to or not. I, I, it's one of those things I think is completely up to the viewer to decide whether or not they're supposed to. I personally don't, and so I feel like he gets off pretty scot-free for the most part, and that's the part I really don't like about it. Um, but I would say 
until the last 10 minutes of this movie, I'm all on board. I, I absolutely love it. I think that it shows, like you said, depression, anxiety, and a lot of mental illness in a fairly honest light and and not a you're a monster for having this, but like people deal with this and and life and life keeps continuing, keeps rolling. And I think again, that is uh, a song that I don't really think about much when I think about this movie, the anonymous ones. I think that's a really great song for this, honestly. Yeah. Um, and to say like, I think it's it's probably I think in a way a helpful song for people, um, who do deal with this stuff on a daily basis to be like, hey, like, it's not all just you are all the way can't leave your house because you're you, crippling anxiety and like all the way like social person like there's there's a lot of in-betweens from the two of those and i think it's kind of important to 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 be able to say that and point that out for yeah for people i think that it is one thing that i did like with uh the relationship with evan hansen and the student body president is because whose name i'm forgetting her name right now ayala i don't remember honestly i think I it's it. alana I think you're right. Yeah, it's Alana. Between Alana and Evan Hansen is like, you know, Evan Hansen, he's very reserved. He's very quiet. And he's very. It's one thing I liked in the first 10 minutes of this movie. It did a very good job of showing you can be surrounded by people but still feel very alone at the same time. And it did a very good job of doing that at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And how he's very reserved. He's very quiet. And he doesn't want to. He's trying to take up as little space as possible because he feels like if he stretches out even for just a second, it's going to come back to bite him compared to someone like Alana, who she has to do something because of her anxiety, because she doesn't do something, everything's going to crumble around her, and everything's going to be broken, it's going to yeah. be her fault. And how there's just those two different aspects and how it shows there could be those two extremely different ones and everything in between when it comes to anxiety and depression and like having to deal with all those situations. Yeah. yeah. You reminded me a lot of the first... The first music number is actually, I love towards the end when the when Evan is getting drowned out by all of the actual instrumentals coming in around him to give that feeling of like being alone with a ton of people. Yeah. Like I, I love that because it's such a relatable feeling in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where again like the overstimulus of everything around you and like trying to call out but not being able to. Yeah. I on that. Um, but yeah, uh, I wish there was more Connor in this. From my understand, there's a lot more Connor in the Broadway play, which I hope to yeah someday see. Um, I do agree with that. I think it would be nice to see like well, they they have like the perception of him, but there's not a lot of actual Connor in this. Yeah, from my understand, there's a lot more Connor in the Broadway play, and it it's a bit more raw in a lot of ways. Yeah. From I understand. Tune into uh. The last ones in go to the plays and uh, twenty twenty four Broadway. But yeah, I uh, I give the soundtrack a ten, and I think I give the movie an eight. <laughs> so you agree with me? It's a nine. <laughs> I think you actually subtract. I think you gave it a two. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh. That's it. That's Evan Hansen. Yeah, wow. Evan Hansen. We did that. We watched that. Thank uh, you for showing to that. To whom it may concern. To whom it may. That's a movie, I think. Actually, that's a phrase. Like, but I think that's like a movie, also. 
I'm, I'm sure, but it's also just a common phrase. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, e. Uh, if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a link tree, L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P. That gives you the links to all our social medias and listen medias. And you can get the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Podbean, the Spodbean, the... Uh, ear beans, the apple all, bean, apple beans, <laughs> the apple bottom beans, the beans with the fur. Okay, I'm stopping you now. <laughs> we have an email, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, this is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your musical number. Beans. Sure. Send your us your beans. beans. <laughs> Pinto, kidney. Oregano, let us know. That's not a bean. That's a spice. So okay. <laughs> well, beans are kind of a Beef spice. Curry. Of life. Uh, Robbie. Yeah. Have you given any thought to your new sign-off? I have, but I haven't really decided on it. anything. <laughs> okay. But okay. since I haven't really decided on anything, the most I can say is be kind to one another. And whether it's the very first time you've listened to us or you've been listening since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much. Uh. We're in the fourth season of our show, technically. So However you want to slice it, sure. That's how I've sliced it. We're in the 27th season. So we're bringing on uh, a child character. They're going to have glasses and have a really squeaky, yeah. annoying voice now. And they're so. going to be like, I'm the baby. <laughs> yeah. That's Watch a, the movie. You have like seven catchphrases. Um, by that, power. I mean we're bringing Rocky back, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rocky will oh be gosh. playing the baby character. <laughs> Uh, I hope Rocky, uh, we do get him back soon. That would be wonderful. Anyway. Please, send us, please support our Patreon. We have a sub goal for Rocky <laughs> coming back. <laughs> it's $19,000. Um, Thank you, everybody, for joining me here. Thank you, E. Hello. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. Thank you, Liz. Hi. <laughs> uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.